0: I never thought I would agree with AOC. I never thought, I really never thought I would agree with AOC on something like the George Floyd case, the trial of Derek Chauvin for the, not, not just the killing of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. And yet AOC and I agree on a very narrow point. We agree that the verdict that the jury reached was unjust.
1: So no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working working because it's not working. And that's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment.
0: That's what creates a lot of complexity. What's the complexity? The verdict is just or it's unjust. I think it's unjust. AOC seems to think it's unjust. So good, we'll get rid of it on appeal, right? I, maybe, I don't think that's exactly what she's saying. On this narrow point, though, AOC is right for all the wrong reasons. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Top10guy1, who says the judge looked at the latest CNN ratings and naturally assumed that nobody on the jury has been watching the news. That's a very good point, actually. (laughs) That's an astute observation. The judge famously in this case said, look, what Maxine Waters said, maybe that should cause this to result in a mistrial. The threats that people are seeing from not just the radicals on the left, not just the street people, but, but even from the elected officials, the pressure from Joe Biden. But what, what the judge said was, I trust that the jury is following instructions and not listening to the news. Well, you're right. CNN ratings are the only evidence for that claim. But I think the overwhelming evidence is of course the jury knew what this trial meant. BLM burned the country down last year over this. So even if they weren't reading the New York Times every day during the trial, they knew exactly what was going on. You heard AOC mention this distinction between justice and accountability. And you're going to hear the left make this distinction a lot over the next few days. It's kind of like this distinction that they're making between equality and equity. And on the one hand, these distinctions are meaningless. They're distinctions without a difference. But I, I do think actually... That there is some worthwhile distinction here between accountability and justice. Usually, usually what the left does when they coin new terms like this or when they put a lot of emphasis on one term over another is they say, look, obviously this isn't justice. This was mob rule here. The total overwhelming of the judicial system. The guy was convicted in the media, not in a court of law. However, we need to still say that it's sort of like justice. so we're just going to make a new term. Equality, well, we're going to make a new term, equity, and we like equity and we hate equality. Well, here, what's the difference between accountability and justice? I think the subtle difference here is that justice refers to an eternal objective concept, right? Justice refers to the moral law, which is eternally true, whatever we all think here on earth, even if we act very unjustly, like the sort of injustice we saw yesterday in the Derek Chauvin trial. Accountability is a little different. Accountability is like responsiveness to people. So when, when you're talking about there's no accountability, I think it very subtly plays into this radical subjectivism that you're seeing from the left and especially from people like AOC on the left, which is that Look, there are no eternal standards. We're going to remake the whole system. We're going to upend the entire moral order. We're going to flip society inside out. And the only standard that will matter is what we think. We, the people who make the standards. You, you will not have to worry about justice and accountab- accountability to God. Just, you'll just worry about accountability, meaning you know, responsiveness, to me. To us, we, the radical leftists who are going to remake the world by redefining all the terms that it's a, it's a subtle distinction, but I do think that's what is at play here, that the left is ultimately interested. This is why they they don't want to say that justice was served here in the case of Derek Chauvin, is because what they're ultimately interested in is not reforming the police system or reforming the justice system a little bit. That is completely disingenuous when they say that. They want to undo the whole thing. They're saying the entire country is rotten to the core, and it won't be set right until they are in power and they get to remake everything. And even then, it's going to be a perpetual revolution. This is what the left always does. It's why Fidel Castro was wearing his military fatigues until he was 92 years old because the revolution is still going on. It doesn't matter that Castro held power for 60 years. No, there's still more work to do. Viva siempre la revolución. That I think is what is at play here. It's it's why it's so important to pay very close attention to these little words is when, when you accept the left's new language, you accept whole premises here. This is very much the subject of my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Available now for pre-order. Who knows how much longer it will be available for pre-order. So the jury comes out and in a deeply unjust decision, reads their verdict. Derek Chauvin, guilty as charged.
2: Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the fourth judicial district. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, defendant. Verdict, count 1. Court file number 27, CR2012646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number nineteen. Same caption, verdict count two. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this twentieth day of April, twenty twenty-one, at one forty-five p.m. Signed by jury four-person, juror number nineteen. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk. Find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person 019.
0: There it is. Derek Chauvin staying basically perfectly stoic as this is being read out. They're accusing him, not, or convicting him, I suppose, not just of negligence, not just of manslaughter, but of murder, the intentional killing of George Floyd. What was the evidence for that? Here's the evidence that I think impelled the jury to reach this guilty verdict on all counts. Maxine Waters says there's going to be riots. I think that was very important evidence the president of the United States, but so many other people. Kamala Harris bailing the, the George Floyd rioters out of out of jail last year. BLM torching the whole country. Threats to the livelihoods and lives of the jurors' families and to themselves. I'm not even saying explicit threats. I'm saying the implicit threat of a mobster who walks in and says, gosh, nice place you got here. Sure would be a shame if something happened to it. And that threat had credibility because BLM got away with burning the country down last year, along with Antifa. I think that's the evidence that led to the guilty verdict. Because the evidence presented in court weakened the prosecution's case. The evidence presented in court, remember the the whole argument that the media made about George Floyd's death is that Derek Chauvin intentionally put the knee on the neck and blocked his airway, and that's, the way, that's why he died, and there was nothing else. Then we find out later on, actually, he had three times the lethal dosage of fentanyl in his system. Actually, Derek Chauvin didn't pull him out of that car and drag him to the ground to murder him. George Floyd asked to be taken out of the car. Actually, the claim of George Floyd when he said, I can't breathe, he was saying that before Chauvin basically even had his hands on him. More and more and more and more and more evidence. Even the neck thing. Later on, the prosecution changed its case. The argument initially was Chauvin had the knee on George Floyd's neck. Then it became he had the knee on his neck area. What's the neck area? Um, Oh, I don't know, your back, your shoulders. It didn't even have the neckline right. So if we're just looking at new evidence presented in court, at the very most, this guy would have gotten manslaughter. Maybe he would have gotten off completely but that wasn't the evidence here. That's why it's an unjust verdict, even regardless of whether or not Derek Chauvin committed the manslaughter. It's an unjust verdict because the whole system was upended. We, we heard the judge say this yesterday, except this cowardly judge didn't want to actually follow his, his argument to its logical conclusion when he said, yeah, Maxine Waters coming out and threatening everybody and inciting riots if, if they don't get the verdict that they want. That might result in, in the declaration of a mistrial on, on appeal. That might create problems on appeal. But here, right now, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Th- that is deeply unjust. It sh- that is, as AOC would say, though for all the different reasons, one of the arguments that the justice system is not working. Moreover, though, I feel bad for Derek Chauvin. I do. You're not allowed to say that, but I do. I feel bad for Derek Chauvin because this isn't about him. None of this trial is about him. None of the trial is about what happened between him and George Floyd. None of the facts matter to the verdict in that trial. Here's, here's what matters. St. George, St. George Floyd died as a martyr. He was persecuted for his skin color by a racist bigoted, probably member of the Ku Klux Klan named Derek Chauvin. And he was murdered and Chauvin planned this out, you know, and he just couldn't wait to murder him because he hates black people. And then finally the people woke up, people of all good faith in America. They woke up in a creed to cur and they demanded justice and they peacefully protested. There was a little fire There's some buildup, but it was mostly fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. And now we have defeated this this perfect ultimate evil in Derek Chauvin. Of course, the evil of racism remains, but this is a great victory. Derek Chauvin is going to go to prison right now because of that narrative. Whether or not Derek Chauvin did anything wrong, I'm, I'm really not coming in one way or the other on whether or not he did anything wrong here. on, on even on the manslaughter charge. I'm just saying that's completely separate from why Derek Chauvin is going to prison. This, this is what's going on in this country right now. The justice system is disconnected from a sense of justice. It's not for the reason AOC says though. AOC, I don't think has any real sense of justice whatsoever. I think the way that we can get back to a proper justice system is if we realize what the justice system is for. You got to know what things are for. Like, for instance, is that gadget on your counter, is that a confection oven? Or is that gadget on your counter a toaster? Or is that gadget on your counter an air fryer? Well, you know what? With the power air fryer, it can be all three. You have got to check out award-winning chef Emeril Lagasse's power air fryer 360. It's an air fryer, rotisserie, toaster, broiler, pizza oven, more, all in one. Emeril's air fryer, 360 cooks with hot air, not with oil, so that you can cook healthier while you get up to 70% fewer calories from fat. Plus, it's much faster than traditional appliances. How do they do it? Their 360 degree quick cook turbo heat technology cooks the food with a whirlwind of superheated air that is giving you that great crispy fried taste without all of the added fat and calories. Also comes with many versatile accessories like a crisper tray, a pizza rack, drip tray, baking pan. I love it. I can't get over how terrific this product is. Also, especially great for me, makes the cleanup very, very easy. Me, I barely want to scrub a dish. Okay. Cleanup, super easy. Emerald's Air Fryer 360 makes an amazing Mother's Day gift. Right now, they have an exclusive offer just for the Michael Knowles show. If you go to tryemerylair.com, use promo code Knowles, you will receive 10% off plus free shipping. So head to try, E-M-E-R-I-L, air.com and use promo code Knowles. One last time, try and use promo code Knowles. When AOC says the justice system is not working, this isn't justice. What does she mean? Let me ask you something. What is justice? We're now told justice is rehabilitation, right? That's, what's the point of the justice system to rehabilitate people? I don't know. We could all use a little rehabilitation, couldn't we? We all have some bad traits. So why aren't we all in the justice system? Well, okay. It's not primarily about rehabilitation, but it's about deterrence. Yeah, It's good to deter crimes. Yes, I agree. But if you wanted to deter a crime, you could just make an example of someone who, whether or not he committed the crime or not, right? This is what happens in very authoritarian governments. Uh, it's not, not that. Oh, right. Retribution. That's that is what the primary purpose of the justice system is. If you commit a crime, you get punished for that crime. Not primarily out of rehabilitation or primarily out of deterrence, but because you committed the crime and justice demands it. But we don't believe in justice anymore. Even people on the right don't believe in justice. They, they have a better conception of it than people on the left do. But really what this is about is interest groups. Really what this is about is social engineering. The left is saying, regardless of the facts of the trial, don't pay attention to the facts of the trial. We need Chauvin to go to to prison because that will create a better society, because that will fight the scourge of racism. Yeah, it's not about what Chauvin, forget about George Floyd's career of crime. Forget about George Floyd. Yeah, he robbed a a pregnant woman at gunpoint. That's not. That's beside the point. Yeah, he was committing a crime at the very moment he was killed or just moments prior. Which was what prompted his arrest. Sure. But that's not, that's not what this is about. This is about our leftist vision of society. And you got to feel bad for Chauvin there, what this means for cops. The guy was doing his job. What, what did Derek Chauvin do that day? He showed up with some other cops and tried to arrest a criminal who was committing a crime. It's not even like he went up and he said, you know, George, not so long ago, you robbed a pregnant woman at gunpoint. That's So we're going to arrest you now. No, that actually would have been unjust, right? (laughs) Because these were different situations. But Floyd was passing counterfeit bills and taking a bunch of illegal drugs. And so Chauvin does his job, tries to arrest the guy, resists arrest, asks to be taken out. Maybe Chauvin made some mistakes. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. A A just trial would have tried to suss that out. But regardless, because basically because Derek Chauvin took on a risky job, he is now going to go to prison for murder. But who cares what the witnesses say? Who cares what the expert, expert witnesses say in the trial? Who cares what the lawyers are saying? This is a political matter. And so we have to turn to the president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both spoke about this last night. Kamala spoke first because, you know, the president has to speak first. So Kamala comes out there and she says that this is about George Floyd's legacy. And we are all part of that legacy.
2: We are all a part of George Floyd's legacy. And our job now is to honor it and to honor him. Thank you.
0: We are not part of George Floyd's legacy. I am not part of George Floyd's legacy. We should not honor George Floyd. George Floyd did not live an honorable life. He led a very dishonorable life. He didn't, it's not even that he led a dishonorable life and then he reformed, which plenty of people do. I think we all kind of do that. He was committing crimes in his very last moments. Why would we honor that? Why would we want to be part of that legacy? I'm not saying if he, if he really were murdered. I don't think he was murdered. I don't think there's any evidence that he was murdered. I don't think there's any evidence that his killing or his death was racially motivated either. But let's say, let's say that all of that is, is true and it was this, you know, terribly unjust event and certainly it's tragic. Death of any man is tragic. Is, is that the legacy? What, why is that? What is his legacy? George Floyd's legacy is the stuff he did in his life. He didn't have the sort of life that you want to write wonderful autobi- or biographies about. What Kamala is really saying here is that is not that we are part of George Floyd's legacy. She's saying we are George Floyd's legacy. That ironically, what she's saying is George, George Floyd's life didn't matter. Isn't that ironic? Is the whole line is black lives matter. But the point here is no, George Floyd's life did not matter. The things that he actually did right up until the very last moments of his life, they don't matter. All that matters when we think of George Floyd, we should not think of George Floyd. We should think of Kamala Harris. We should think of leftist politicians who exploited this guy's death to radically re-engineer some aspects of policy and to destroy credibility in the justice system. That's the point. Joe Biden then spoke afterwards. Is Joe? I think Joe Biden's also in the White House, isn't he? I know Kamala's running the show over there, but, but Joe, he's, he's still sort of daughters around the hallways. I think he'll kind of go, he'll go have lunch. Then he'll go back and watch his, his episodes in the afternoon. Joe Biden had already spoken out. Joe Biden, before the verdict came down, he, the president of the United States, pressured the justice system, the judiciary to give him the verdict that he wanted. He said that he was praying for the right verdict.
1: They're a good family and they're calling for peace and tranquility no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we we just talked a little, I want to know how they were doing, just personally. And we talked about personal things.
0: Look, I wouldn't say that, you know, but uh, hey, the jury's sequestered. I'm sure they're not getting any information about this. So one of the issues in this, this trial, of course, is that the jury hadn't been totally sequestered the whole time, you know, and obviously it doesn't even matter if they were. This is the biggest story in the world. The left took a local crime story of criminal gets arrested. There's a question of was their excessive force used. That, that was the whole, that's the whole story. This story happens lots of times every single day but the left thought this is going to be useful to push a racial narrative. So we're going to make this not just a national, but an international news story. So there's no way to keep the jury from being affected by that. And what does Joe Biden do? The, the mostly peaceful fire that BLM lit around the country, he went and poured gasoline on it. They said they, we need the right verdict. Hey though, I'm sure, come on, man. I'm sure that the, that the jury is not going to be affected by my statements or Maxine Waters' statements or any of the other statements that have been made for a year. Give me a break. Come on, man. That's a bunch of malarkey. So Joe Biden had already set the stage for this. Then he comes on after Kamala Harris spoke and he, gosh, Joe Biden, he couldn't have been happier with the way the jury ruled.
1: It was a murder in the full light of day and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. The systemic racism is a stain on our nation's soul. The knee on the neck of justice for Black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain, the exhaustion that Black and brown Americans experience every single day. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protest We hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the sixties, protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose to say enough, enough, enough of this senseless killings today, today's verdict is a step forward. Is anything
0: there that he said true? Is any single word that he said true? the peaceful protests, the, the unity, the, the, the step forward. What's the step forward? It was an exercise in the power of the left-wing establishment. And so he got his will in that the justice system was overrun by his political interest group, the left. That's true. So I guess in a way it's a step forward for him, certainly a step backward, forward and backward. it's a step, definitely a step in the wrong direction for the United States. And what it led to, I think, I don't think this was an act of the legal system. I think this was a fundamentally, this, this verdict was a fundamentally religious act and it involved a lot of religious premises and it's going to have cultural and political ramifications for years and decades to come. Ben will be talking about the verdict on his show, his title, the jury got it wrong. Pretty simple. You know, Ben, Ben and I don't always agree on everything, but I think we're pretty, pretty much in agreement on this. And so Ben will be giving much more of a, a legal perspective here. I'll be giving the religious perspective. He'll be giving the, the legal perspective here. Also, it's almost time for another episode of Candace. This week's special guest is Dana White, president of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is the largest mixed martial arts organization in the world. The show streams on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on dailywire.com. You can get 25% off a new membership with code Candice. Get the audio podcast, Candice, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you need some Candace Owens in your feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe today. And be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. We'll be right back with a lot more. I don't think that what happened yesterday at the Derek Chauvin trial was primarily a legal event. I don't think the reading of the verdict was a legal event. I don't think it was based on a proper reading of the law. I don't think it was based on the evidence presented in the court. I don't think it was primarily about our system of of justice that we thought we had in this country. I think it was primarily a religious event. I think it was the canonization of St. George Floyd. And I think... This was about a, a religious ecstasy to triumph over the evil that had become incarnate in the person of Derek Chauvin. The, the language that people are using to talk about this trial, they're saying George Floyd sacrificed his life to justice. He did not. He was involved in injustice for his whole life. He was a criminal. I don't look, I, I actually don't think you should really speak ill of the dead. So I'm not saying George Floyd's the worst person in the world. I'm not saying he never had a good impulse. I'm not saying he never even tried to pursue that impulse, but he obviously ultimately failed to do it. This is a warning call for a lot of us. There are a lot of people who do a lot of bad things who I I think are waiting for a uh, sudden conversion before death. Well, guess what? Death can meet us when we least expect it. So you should be trying to do the right thing. You should be trying to get your, your life and your soul in order before then. Regardless of the If, if George Floyd had any intentions to turn his life around, he didn't do it. His life was a, an exercise in injustice. And yet now we are being told he sacrificed his life to justice. Why? Because the facts of his life don't matter. All that matters about George Floyd, according to the left, is his skin color. And there is a system of white supremacy in this country. And, and as LeBron James says, black people can't walk out of their homes without being hunted down by racist whites. That's the narrative totally divorced from reality, but that is the religious myth that we are being told by the left. And as a result of this, we need to pursue an inversion of the virtues. You, in Christianity, you have the incarnation of absolute good. Christ himself, right? Christ is the good. He is God. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is incarnate into the world he dies to redeem mankind. In the leftist religion, you don't have the incarnation of absolute good. You have the incarnation of absolute evil. And this is according to I, the identity group. So you have the physical representation of absolute evil, which is now you hear this in, I guess, white supremacy, the patriarchy, right? It's the straight white man who thinks he's a man. So he's cisgendered, right? This person and it's always becoming more narrow into this absolute distillation of evil. That is the representation of everything that is wrong in the world. And so regardless of the facts of this trial, if it, if it can be said to partake of those issues, then you've got to try to defeat evil and you'll canonize criminals even if their death is politically useful for this purpose. That's what's going on. This is a substitute religion. We, we, we still have a liturgical calendar in this country, okay? We have a liturgical calendar. We, we have whole months dedicated to leftist views of history, Black History Month, Women's History Month, Pride Month. These are, it's not even primarily about black people or women or, or homosexuals even. It's about this very particular leftist view of history, which involves then a liturgical practice. The, the new liturgy, of, of this religion is the mostly peaceful protest, right? I mean, that is, that is the religious expression. It is the state church. It's why during 2020, the BLM riots were protected by the public health officials who are our high priests. They said, you get to go out, you get to riot, you get to protest the George Floyd thing because, and they made up some cockamamie excuse of how that actually is good for public health amid a pandemic to go out and rally by the thousands. But if you go to church, if you go to actual church, that is a violation. You will be shut down. The church will be fined. Not allowed to do that. It's because we have a, a state religion in this country. That is secular progressivism. And by the way, I, I get it. Man is a naturally religious being. We have religious longings. The leftists who go out in ecstasy to jump and dance around and and rob the Nike store at their worst, they are engaging in a sort of community. They're engaging in a sort of liturgy. They're engaging in a a perverse inversion of sacraments. They are celebrating their perverse understanding of virtue, which takes pride, the queen of all vices to, to become the highest virtue of all. Not even just, it's not even just gay pride. It's all sorts of pride. It's fat pride, skinny pride, all kinds of pride that just, it, it inverts all of them. It, it makes wrath, which is a, a, a deadly sin, makes that into a virtue takes humility, which is a virtue. It inverts that. It says nope, can't, no humility, that's awful. Patience, no, we have to be impatient. Chastity, no, we have to be licentious and promiscuous. It just inverts all of it. Well, okay, we're going to have a religion. Everybody's got to serve somebody, to quote Bob Dylan. So that is what is going on here. But I've got, I've got a question that I think so many people are not aware of the religious character of, of these rituals. Okay, fine. And maybe we're not going to reach them by asking these very heady sorts of questions and, and point, or rather pointing out all these very kind of esoteric observations about the way that the BLM people are, are rioting and the way that we're talking about George Floyd and justice. Okay. Maybe you can ask simple questions though, to get to the heart of this. Why is racism wrong? First, what is racism? Right? racial hatred, I guess you would call it. Is that simple enough explanation or definition? Why is racism wrong? I can say why racism is wrong because it's an affront against human dignity because man is made in the image of God. Simple. Done. That's it. That's why it's wrong. I don't think about it too much, but you know, that's why. If you were to ask me why it's wrong, that's what I would tell you. Now, let me ask you, atheist, leftist, why is racism wrong? If you're on the left, especially if you're a, a, an atheist, a materialist. There's no such thing as human dignity. There's no such thing as being made in the image of God. You don't believe in God. We're all, life is just a sort of random accident, isn't it? And we're all just somewhere on the evolutionary scale, moving toward whatever the logic of random mutation wants us to move toward. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just, this is all just a big cosmic joke. So if that's true, if there is no divine logic to the universe, then racism is wrong. And they can't explain. And that's why they are racist, by the way, right? I mean, that's why now the only, the only systemic racism that exists in the country, legal racism, is against white people and Asian people in the form of affirmative action, which disadvantages whites and Asians on the basis of their race and gives advantage to black and Hispanic people on the basis of their race. This is why The left feels no problem coming out. And the only only overt racism that is permissible in the country right now is against white people. But they'll say that's not racism. And they can't quite explain what that is because they can't explain what racism is. And even if they could, they couldn't explain why they're against it. Okay, first part. Second part, why is murder wrong? Why is murder wrong? Let's say Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd. I don't think he did, but let's say he did. Why is that wrong? If there's no God, if there's no image of God, if there is no human dignity, if there is no soul, if we're all just kind of meat puppets and it's all just a joke and the, our consciousness is just a delusion, why is murder wrong? We're just meat pu- it doesn't matter. There's no there's no real substantive difference. There's no there's no difference in dignity and moral worth between me and my tumbler. So who cares? All right? I've never understood this with the the radical left that denies the whole moral order when They harp on the alleged epidemic of campus rape, which is based on ridiculous statistics that I knocked down in my upcoming book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available now for pre-order. Who knows for how long that will be the case. But they will say, you know, there's a sexual assault epidemic right now. Harvard is actually more dangerous for women than downtown Baghdad or something. And uh, therefore uh, we've got to take this very, very seriously. If sex doesn't matter, if sex is just, you know, we can all just engage in the hookup culture and we're all just meat puppets. And if it feels good, do it. And it's, eh, look, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just sex. Who cares? Come on. Stop making such a big deal, you prudes. If sex doesn't matter, then why is sexual assault any worse than slapping someone in the face? Why? It's all, it's, if, if sex doesn't matter in some metaphysical way, then why is sexual assault? The, the act is just the same as any other kind of sex. And if sex doesn't move the needle, really, then even if you call it an assault, it's no different than me punching my buddy in the shoulder, right? Now we all know that isn't true. But why? Why is murder wrong? And then the final question, the big question that we should all be asking ourselves right now, but the left can't do it. What is justice? What is justice? There is an answer to this question. Justice is giving to each what it deserves, putting things in their proper place, acknowledging the objective moral order, and then aligning ourselves to that. But if you don't believe in that, if you don't think there is an objective moral order, if you don't think there is an objective moral arbiter, if you don't believe in any of that stuff, then there is no justice. And there will be no peace. And they're right. And they're, if all, I mean, their premises are totally off. But according to their premises, that's what's going to happen. If this is all just about we human beings in our pride trying to be as gods, right, the, the first lie in the Garden of Eden that created the radical leftist ideology. This according to Whitaker Chambers, who wrote that excellent book, Witness, ex-communist, who was one of the people who was influential in, in making Ronald Reagan turn from liberalism to conservatism. This idea, we shall be as gods, we shall totally refashion society and we'll make up our system of justice. We'll just make it up. It's not the traditional conservative view is that our justice system is supposed to reflect the objective order of justice. The modern Liberal view is, we'll just, we'll just make it up, whatever we want. That's going to be the justice system, because that's what we want. Because all that ultimately matters in politics is our will, our willfulness. And when we're talking about the left, we're not talking about the higher will, the rational will, that, that is the mediator between the lower appetites and the divine will. It, it isn't that, because they don't, they don't believe that that sort of thing exists. So it's just that lower base appetite. Is that justice? I don't think so. Speaking of lower base desires, I'll give you a great example of this in an unjust society. There's a video just put up by Angela Stanton King, who is a, a right-wing activist. This was apparently the South Beach area LGBT club called Palace. The Blaze uh, reported on this video where it's at this drag bar and they bring little kids up on stage and have them pick up the dollar bills that are being thrown at them during this performance. Take a listen.
1: Now, I'm sitting here trying to figure out why in the hell these people got these little bitty-ass kids at this drag show, y'all. But it's 11.40 at night. It is 11.40 at night. These people have children in a drag show in L.A. on the beach. Look at this. USA! USA! Telling her, get her money. Look at this bulls**t. Look at this bullshit now. Look, look, they giving them money, y'all. Little girls now. Look at this. Look at this. And throwing money at these little girls. Wait, hold on, I dropped the twenty. Got 'em picking up money off
0: the floor like they f- the strippers and sh- now. So we obviously blurred out the image. We don't want these little girls' faces to be out there. Uh, and we, we had to bleep out the woman's commentary, but I, I actually wish we didn't have to bleep out the woman's commentary because although I, I prefer not to use coarse language in public, I prefer not to go blue. I think this woman <laughs> is saying exactly what we're all thinking. I think this woman, frankly, if anything, she was being restrained. Could you imagine if you, you, well, I guess you wouldn't be there, right? You wouldn't be at some drag bar in South Beach that would have kids dancing on the stage. But if you were and you saw that, what would you, what must you think? This is s- such a deeply unjust society that would permit this sort of thing. And yet, according to the logic of the left, that the left is pushing, especially on this gender issue, what's wrong with that? Oh, it's fun. It's nice. It's open. It's tolerant. It's liberating that these little, little itty bitty girls are being treated, or I don't know if they're girls or they're boys who dress like girls. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't pay close enough attention to the video and you shouldn't either. Let's just call them girls. What's wrong with them being treated like strippers and picking up the stripping is empowering. What's being, what's wrong with them having dollar bills thrown at them? Like they're, like they're just meat puppets, you know, like they're just flesh. We're just flesh. That's all we all are, right? what's wrong with them being sexualized? We're told that little children, three-year-old kids ought to be able to make the decision to castrate themselves and to mutilate their bodies because they know their true sexual essence. They have a deep sexual nature. They are, they are sexualized from the very beginning and they possess the ability to consent to these sorts of things, right? So we got to get rid of age of consent laws. We have to, if you, if you say that a little kid can make the informed decision to mutilate himself and to cut off his genitals, certainly that little kid can make the informed decision to dance around for dollars. That's a, that's a far less outrageous sexual sort of decision. Surely that little kid can consent to sexual behavior if you're granting the premise that the kid can castrate himself. Where is the, there doesn't need to be a coherence. There doesn't need to be a logic here because what the left the left is ultimately denying that in favor of willfulness and interest. If I want it, it is good. That is ultimately what this is coming down to. And justice never enters the equation. We are not going to get more peace. The verdict that we got here is not going to result in peace in this country. To quote, the libs, no justice, no peace. That's, that's not a, it's not even just a threat. It's a, often a threat when they make it. They're saying, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to burn down the country. But it's also just an observation. If you don't have justice, you won't have peace. I'll, I'll take this in a very, very uh, small example here. Last night, some lady, I don't know, some, I assume a lady, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's an unjust uh, d- d- description. Someone tweets at me from an anonymous Twitter account says, I just listened to your show for about three minutes. I have to say you're, (laughs) I have to say you're one of the most disgusting people I've ever heard speak. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't mention this because this is the first mean tweet I've ever gotten. You know, I get, I get, get a lot of those. Everybody does on Twitter. I bring it up because I want to know what mania impels somebody to speak this way to a perfect stranger. What mania impels you to do that. And I thought this tweet was just perfect. As they say, I listen to your show. I listen to you for three minutes. You're one of the most disgusting people I've ever heard. Right. I know, I know very little about you. I know basically nothing about you, but I I hate you. (laughs) It's basically what this person is saying. There there are two things that could impel someone to do that. One is just trolling and people do that on Twitter. Right. They just, they just tweet, regardless of what they believe, they just tweet to try to get a reaction out of you because it's funny because it can be funny. The other thing is ideology where you just where you believe that really there is this embodiment of pure evil and it's the you know the straight white conservative man he's the most evil person in the world and so therefore you've got to silence him ostracize him censor him or worse or physically threaten him as as is often the case if you're Maxine Waters for instance you you physically you you encourage riots okay either way if it's ideology or if it's trolling, even, actually even more so if it's trolling, just a word of caution to people when we think about justice. You are imperiling your soul <laughs> if you do this sort of thing. I think there is an idea that what we do in politics, what we do on TV, what we do in the newspapers or especially what we do on the internet doesn't matter. It's just pretend. The internet isn't real. It's just make-believe. It, it is real. It is because you really are doing it. It's, it's all, The things you look at on the internet, the things you say to other people on the internet, the ways you behave when you think that nobody is looking, actually do matter. Because regardless of what the left wants us to believe about the nature of justice, there really is an objective moral order. There actually is justice. And we will be accountable someday <laughs> for the things that we do. And we want to pretend in our liberal decadent culture that we can just sort of push a pause, that we can just sort of suspend the rules and kind of do whatever we want because that's my individual autonomy. That's That's what I will and my willfulness is all that's said to matter. But that's not the case. There actually is an objective moral order. And when you turn away from that and when you do evil things and when you spend your life involved in injustice and crime, things don't turn out well in the here or in the hereafter. You think the anger's over? No justice, no peace. BLM protesters in New York ran up to some people, I guess mostly white people who were at a restaurant, screaming to the white people, get out of New York. We don't, Hot- out of New York. We don't want you here. We don't want you here. We don't
1: want you here. We don't want you here. We don't want, you we don't want, money. We don't <laughs> want your F- money. money. We don't want your money. We teens. don't want your career. We Owned by white
0: man. So this guy seems a little bit confused, doesn't he? Because he's saying there are a lot of problems with what he's saying. The first is you white man, you white devils. We don't want your taquerias. I say, wait, well, hold on a second. Last I checked, taquerias are they're usually not associated with like england right you know they're not they're kind of a more they're different isn't that more of a latino kind of thing or are the latinos white i don't I didn't think that i thought they were people of color but i guess for the purposes of this guy screaming at people dining in the street then they're white people obviously this guy should be arrested this guy should not this guy who is disturbing the peace who is making a big nuisance of himself should, should not be permitted to do these sorts of things in society. A just society would, would take care of someone like that. But <laughs> probably I'm not saying even put him in prison necessarily. He should be in an, an institution somewhere, okay? as well as the maniacs following him. But then to say, we don't, we, we, who is the we? Is that black people? Is that, I don't know. We don't want you white people here in New York. You know, white people have been in New York for a long time. York, I isn't. I think that name comes from a place in England, doesn't it? Does it? Before New York was New York, it was New Amsterdam. Amsterdam. There are a lot of white people in Amsterdam too, just as there were in New Amsterdam. What is the argument here? The, I guess his argument is that white people shouldn't. It's not legitimate for them to be in New York. It's unjust for them to be in New York. What? Huh? No, he's not making any argument though. Really, he's just saying I don't want you here. My will, my base, degraded, degenerate, lower will is insisting that we kick all of you people out. And that is now effectively our system of justice in this country. There will not be peace if that is taken to be our system of justice. There can't be, because there's nothing to rely on. A great consolation in this world, is even though we all suffer injustices, I know it's very fashionable now on the BLM left to say that only black people ever suffer injustice. And you know, white people, they've got it so good. And on the feminist left, only women ever suffer injustice. And man, man, we got it so good. And only on the uh, intersectional sort of sexual left, only homosexuals and transsexuals and whoever, people who have kind of unusual sexual behaviors, only they have it bad, but straight people, oh man, they got it so good. Now, you know, everybody suffers. Injustice, it's a fallen world and sin and death pervade the world. And a ballast for us here, a a great consolation is that ultimately there is justice. Ultimately, there is the the ultimate arbiter, the big judge in the sky, right? And that our justice system here on earth is meant to pursue that that very justice, that very same justice, which is eternal, even if, if it is imperfectly applied in this world. If we lose faith in that because we now have faith in some bizarre religious understanding, some totally perverse religious understanding of the world, then there really will not be any peace. AOC, absolutely, absolutely right on that minor point. She's probably cheering it on. I think the rest of us, people who who are looking at the situation, with a little more sobriety. No one can celebrate what happened yesterday. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising Producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production Manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio Mixer, Mike Coramina, Hair and Makeup by Nika Geneva. And Production Coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The jury in the Chauvin trial gives the violent mob what it demanded. Another police shooting leads to more protests and claims of systemic racism in policing. Nancy Pelosi officially canonizes George Floyd as our culture's new Christ figure. Complaints roll in against a cartoon about dogs that fails to portray racial diversity. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.